eyes peeled, everyone. Welcome to Full 10 Yards Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Full 10 Yards Fantasy Podcast. You are joined by me, your host, David, and also in the room, we have got Dave and Adol. Dave, how are you doing? Wonderful. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take me a few days, weeks, months to work off the Thanksgiving meal wait, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I regret nothing after a couple of really peculiar games yesterday, but all good, Dave. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. And like you say, it's, it's one of those holidays that we Brits, particularly those that are into the American football can can really get behind is it's Thanksgiving and yeah really really did enjoy it yesterday it's just we were talking off there about how great it is to have those games that do start at, at half past five on a Thursday that we don't have to wait up for till uh, 20 past one to watch so yeah that Absolutely. is what we are especially thankful for on Thanksgiving and I welcome to the show Adil Adil it's been a it's been a while but but you're back in the fray how are you doing I'm doing fantastic guys and um it's good to be back yeah, really good. Yeah, great to great to have you back on the show and uh, some exciting things up and coming. So we have already just touched on the, the Thanksgiving games there. So first of all, the, the half past five kickoff, we had the Houston Texans and they were playing in, of course, Detroit. And it was a, it was a blowout in the end. The, the game was a little bit slow to get going. It was seem, seemingly turnover, turnover, turnover. And I suppose if you haven't got a, a vested interest in, in either of these two teams, then it's the kind of fun, topsy-turvy, back-and-forth football that we can watch. Uh, it's, it's not too great if you were a Texans fan or a Lions fan in that first quarter, but then the Texans did pull away with it. And the Lions, we've got to think that, that Matt Patricia's done surely now, Dave. Yeah, absolutely. This is the nail in the coffin for him. Um, if the Lions win this game, they go to five and six. And you think there's a chance, maybe, that they could make a run for the seven seed of uh, wildcard spot. But they just got completely run over. Matt Stafford was incapacitated yesterday by not having Amandola, Golladay, or DeAndre Swift available to him, uh, which led to, you know, a good day for TJ Hawkinson um, and also a good day for Adrian Peterson. But I think mean, that's just fantasy sap padding more than anything. The Lions were on defence horrific to watch absolutely horrific yeah the, the, the Texans did they didn't even have to to really try with this one they only actually ran 48 plays in the, in the entire game and if you can compare that to the fact that the Lions threw the ball 43 times alone <laughs> and then had 29 rushes as well I think that this shows the way the game went and of course it's special teams uh, the defense as well everything just clicked into place seemingly for, for the Texans and and Romeo Cornell there seemingly has done a great job and and Will Fuller I'm not going to turn around and say that he is as good as DeAndre Hopkins but the fact that he has been able to to maintain health this season has certainly meant that the drop-off that they've had since losing Hopkins hasn't been so severe. So, so Adel, what did you make of this one? Was there any uh, was there any talking points in this one? So, from the Texans' point of view, uh, Watson, again, played pretty much as well as he could. He didn't have to try that hard to play that well. Um, I had actually predicted him to pass for 316 yards yesterday, and he did 318. <laughs> so I thought my, uh, my, my spreadsheet prediction was pretty good. Um, but I didn't project uh, him to get four touchdowns. I projected the two. Um, so he uh, vastly uh, outperformed himself in that perspective. Um, aside from that, Will Fuller again put a dagger in my fantasy heart. Uh, I had I have Watson in one league, and I was facing Fuller, and he happened to pass to him so much that it didn't matter that I had Watson in my team. Um, and uh, Brandon Cooks was somebody who was I was expecting to get some of those uh, deep passes, but uh, he didn't quite get it. He got a few targets, but um, didn't really push the boat. And again, the backfield in the Texans is just non-existent. Uh, from the Lions' perspective, they were really struggling without having their uh, marquee wide receivers. And uh, AP was a reasonable um, flex play compared to the past uh, the past few weeks. But um, he uh, also put a dagger in my fantasy heart in one league. <laughs> 
And and CJ Hawkinson, um, obviously he he finished with uh, just shy of fourteen fantasy points, but I, I expected more from him on that first drive alone. It was a it was a monster first drive for for Hawk. And the, the first quarter, he racked up, I think, 78 of his 89 total yards. So I would have um, perhaps expected a little bit more from him there. Matt Stafford very nearly caught, well, he, he didn't nearly catch a touchdown. He nearly caught the touchdown, fumbled, and then recovered his own fumble in the end. So and <laughs> they, um, that would have sent statisticians into uh, statusphere, if you like. Hey. And, uh, <laughs> the fact that um, Stafford would have recovered his own his own fumble and um, that he fumbled on the, the one yard line but uh, did we see yesterday the greatest flea flicker in the history of the NFL when uh, Duke Johnson took the ball ran out into the flat passed it back to to Deshaun Watson who hit Will Fuller there wasn't a guy within 20 yards of him I think that's got to be the best flea flicker I've ever I, seen I don't think it was deliberate no, no I agree yeah and, and, and the reason is when you look on the sidelines his coach seemed to be having a go at him <laughs> because he went in effectively they blitzed so the area that he was supposed to do the the flick back wasn't there so therefore that's why he pushed out wide and then he flicked it back and will fuller was had the whole of the stadium to be able to actually uh, catch the ball and run and run and nobody's going to catch that guy no, he, he give give a guy like that that much space, and it is only going to end one way. But a monster performance from from Will Fuller there, and putting up close to, to forty fantasy points in PPR leagues. The Texans moved to four and seven to to match the Lions four and seven, and the Texans I think they've got a better chance now at the playoffs than the than the Lions. The Texans they were saying on the commentary last night have had such a difficult schedule to start the season. It doesn't exactly improve for them much to to end the season, but if they can put up 41 points on a consistent basis, then um, then the run with a shout, uh, get David Johnson back maybe, and, and, and we can see where that goes. But then we look at the other game, and one of these teams could well get playoff football, <laughs> and that is through virtue of winning the division, and that is the, the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys in the battle for the top of the NFC East. And whichever team won this game would temporarily at least take the lead in the NFC East. It was, I couldn't really call this one to begin with. I did fancy Washington slightly, but I certainly didn't see a 25-point blowout come in. And I think we can actually pin the, the result on on one specific play, and that is the, the fake punt that, that oh. Dallas tried to, to execute. And at that point, it was a four-point game, and then seemingly within about five minutes, it, it was the 41-point game. Uh, sorry, 25-point uh, game, 41-16 to, to, to Washington. And you've just got to question, what on earth were you doing? Because then the next drive, they, they're in a very similar position, and they, they did actually punt, so they just completely given up on the game at that point. Just a horrendous night for, for Dallas. They've, they've lost Zach Martin to a calf injury now, seemingly for a few weeks. Zeke Elliott was completely ineffective, fumbled the football. Dallas, do, do they win another game this season? I mean, I think they, they will scratch out a win somewhere. That said, I haven't actually looked at their remaining five games. I mean, in terms of Zeke, it seemed like after Zach Martin that you mentioned and Cam Irving went down, they abandoned the run. Yeah. Um, I, I, I look at, just as I was um, getting ready to come on here, out of all the running backs that played yesterday, Zeke scored the fewest fantasy points out of all of them. Um, obviously, the fumble didn't help, but it was just uh, Peyton Barber, CJ Procise, Tony Pollard, Jonathan Williams. I mean, <laughs> Jonathan Williams fumbled and scored more fantasy points than Zeke. <laughs> um, and I speak from a point of frustration because we talk about daggers in fantasy. I was quite invested in Zeke this year, and I gave him one last chance last week, and he he did well. But now you wonder with Irving and Martin out for a few weeks, which could be the end of the season, really. Yeah. Is it time to move on from, I mean, in a redraft league, I would move on from Zeke, obviously not in a dynasty, but just a crazy game. Um, and before you knew it, Washington were completely out of sight of Dallas. That second half from Dallas was just awful. Absolutely awful. Well, when you consider Zeke's performances, Aside from last week where he was fourth in half-point PPR, mm. it was 28, 38, 27, 28. That is not the top five draft no. capital that you are normally investing in, Zeke. And, okay, he didn't actually... So even in the first five weeks of the season, 
he was a running back one three times. The regularity wasn't quite there even with Dak at the helm. And yeah. that's what you're wanting. You're wanting that guy to be the, the top person. Yeah, you are. And they, they build this game going into it. All of the adverts, well, sorry, the, the game next weekend, it was Lamar Jackson's Ravens against the, the Cowboy, uh, Zeke Elliott's Cowboys. And he he is supposed to be the, this cornerstone of the, the Cowboys offense. And I'm not doubting the guy's ability. He's a very talented running back, but I think we're putting him on a higher pedestal than he maybe deserves because of the quality of the defensive line that he enjoyed earlier on in his career. And I'm not for a second trying to take away from, from Zeke's ability, but I don't think we've seen a greater drop-off in quality of a line because you've, you've not got Tyron Smith there. Obviously, we've lost now Zach Martin, Travis Frederick last season. Um, yeah. Irvin, as you've mentioned, it's the big, big names that Zeke is used to running behind. When this team was supposed to have Dak, it was supposed to have the, the three young receiving options. It was supposed to have always Jarwin in there. It was supposed to be this high-powered offense. But how much are Mike McCarthy and and Kellen Moore killing them as well? Like it's the coaching decisions that are not helping as well as as well as the play on the field. And obviously the the, the organization has been struck with tragedy this week with the, the strength and conditioning coordinator sadly passing away throughout the week as well. So obviously they're playing with emotion and sometimes we see it, they go out and they'll they'll play for anything and they'll, they'll get that win in that scenario. But again, we don't know how players are going to react and how an organization is going to react. I just think there's so many things that have gone wrong for the Cowboys this year, but it's it's an organization that has been close, seemingly on the peripheral of the playoffs and the Super Bowl run for for so many years now. How how long is is Jerry going to put up with this before he starts to make some decisions again? Because I, I believe that Jason Garrett had a lot longer than he he perhaps should have done there. And how long has Mike McCarthy got? I know a lot of things that have, have happened this season are out of his control, but. You look back to that fourth and one decision early on in the game where they, they tried to throw the football and you just got to think it's just some dumb, dumb coaching moves there. And that fake punt. And it's uh, Pat McAfee, I believe, tweeted out straight away saying uh, that was nearly as bad as ours. Which, uh, <laughs> <laughs> as a Colts fan, I know how much that, 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 that play is uh, painful to watch every time I see it. Um, what I see from Kellen Moore is that every single time they get a little bit of momentum in in the attack, he comes up with a gadget play that they lose for four, five, six, ten yards, and it completely wipes out their momentum and they're ever having to kick a field goal because they're first and goal or no, second and goal but from the 17-yard line or something like that. He, he tries. He seems to be trying too hard to be cute and outwit the opposition rather than getting back to basics and just playing solid football. Just one more thought from me on the uh, Cowboys. Um, I've just looked at their remaining schedule. They've got five games um, at Baltimore, at the Bengals, at home to San Francisco, at home to the Eagles and at the Giants they could still win the division. <laughs> and I, I don't think they will, but you've got to think they, they have to beat the Bengals uh, with Brandon Allen or Jeff Driscoll or anyone else uh, who's going to be under centre for them. Uh, and then divisional games against the Eagles and Giants. I've, I would like to say I've seen stranger things happen, but I mean, it's... It's not over till it's over, as much as it pains me to say, because one of these teams is going to be hosting a playoff game. That infuriates me. I think especially as Wentz is behind centre and he has been nothing short of awful this season. Yeah. Um, he's not helping, the, even though the Eagles don't have a lot of guys on offence, he's not helping them that much. He is turning the ball over more than the apple turnovers that you have for dessert. <laughs> But let's, let's look at the positives from this one. So Amari Cooper had a decent game with six receptions, 112 yards and touchdown. Uh, very nearly two, but he was called back. Well, he got pulled back on a pass interference call from yeah. Ronald Darby. And man of the match, if you like, or MVP, as the, our American friends would call it, has to mm -hmm. surely go to Antonio Gibson. 20 carries, 115 yards and three touchdowns on the ground followed up with five receptions and 21 yards through the air as well. And he's one of these rookies that 
you've almost forgotten about being a rookie because there's so so much talent in this class. And we've, we've had the conversation all season as to whether Herbert or Burrow is going to be the, the offensive rookie of the year. Then people are saying no, but the, the wide receivers have done such a good job as well. And Antonio Gibson is somebody that has just been completely under the radar in this conversation. The guy's had now 11 touchdowns in his, his last um, five or four or five games. Sorry, seven touchdowns in his last three games. Seven in his last four. <laughs> it, was of, it was one of those stats. <laughs> Antonio Gibson has had seven touchdowns in his last four games. Is he really? Now. He has, yes. Um, he's, he's, he's looked really impressive. And, and pairing that with, with J.D. McKissick there, he's, he's been, well, he wasn't yesterday, but he's been decent throughout the ground as well. I think Washington have got a really good team under construction here. They've got a decent nasty run stopping defense a good run game and they're putting the pieces in place and it can't be understated the job that that riverboat ron is doing through the battles that he has had this season and give give this guy a proper off season now in in washington obviously with his with his health back and under the the non-covid circumstances and i think something could really happen here they've already asked alex smith to come back next year you've got you've got scary terry who is a such an underrated wide receiver that that ball he caught from Logan Thomas, like I, I, I was like, what the hell is Logan Thomas throwing into double coverage? Um, but but Terry McLaurin went up and got it. Went up and got help help tight tight end. So really excited to see what's going on there in Washington. And at this point, they're my favourite to win that division. That They've certainly got the momentum. Yeah, Logan Thomas finishing with a better quarterback rating than Andy Dalton. <laughs> oh, <wow>. <laughs> 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 But then again, Andy Dalton finished with a better one than Alex Smith. So uh... yeah, that's valid, actually. <laughs> yeah. Go, going into the season, would you have expected Antonio Gibson to be an RB one on the season so far? No, no, no but no. James Robinson as well. Like he's yeah. the other the other rookie there in in Jacksonville undrafted. Like that's what I love about the NFL. It's you can put all of the time in scouting and, and get anything ready, but then somebody comes along that just completely shocks you and surprises you. And we're, we're left talking about a player like Antonio Gibson that we hadn't given a second thought to, but good on him. So that was Thanksgiving. A massive happy Thanksgiving to, to all of our uh, followers out there, particularly those based in America. And now we turn our attentions to the weekend. So we were supposed to see the, the Steelers and the Ravens last night. However, that did get postponed to Sunday due to uh, multiple players in the, the Baltimore organization testing positive. And now it is looking like it could be postponed again to Tuesday night to ensure that as many people have been out of out of sync as possible to, to ensure that everything, the, the contact rates are as low as possible. And Baltimore were supposed to be playing on Thursday. So that game is now in jeopardy as well. So the NFL are going to be left scratching their heads a little bit here because it's going to be rearranged after rearranged. Uh, Dave, we've seen some questionable decisions from the NFL so far, but they've, they've, they've got there eventually. What, what do you think is going to happen with this one? Uh, who knows? Because in America, it seems like, you know, the, well, not even seems like the infection rates are rising so fast that if we can get over this hurdle of the Ravens scheduling issue, um, what about next week? Where, you know, the Broncos and the Rams today have had players test positive as well. Not on the severity levels of the Ravens, but I mean, this goes back to the planning. Uh, There should have been a week 18 installed uh, for the end of the season. Um, I know hindsight's 2020, but it does seem like the NFL haven't learned the lessons of yeah, the baseball and then NBA schedulers. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, I don't want to sound like too much of a cynic or pessimist, but I am concerned, and not just from a fantasy perspective, where I, I think I've got one team where I've got a load of Ravens and Steelers players, uh, which is spinning my head at the moment. Uh, just fingers crossed that we can get through this. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the Ravens-Cowboys game. Does that get moved to sun- next Sunday? And then we just don't have Thursday night football. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's the only, um, the best possible outcome at the moment. Yeah, and the, the week 18, we, it was suggested very early on in the season, but the NFL, they are very stubborn. They've set a date for the Super Bowl and pushing yeah. anything back will 
will damage that. And the closer that we get now to the Super Bowl, the more difficult it will be to, to readjust and, and push things yeah. back because people will be organising, getting into Tampa, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just moving uh, the the Ravens-Steelers game to, to Thursday and then the Ravens-Cowboys to Sunday, the, the best thing to do, Adel? Um, it, it seems like that because the nature of this, the time that we're in, it's so malleable. It, it can change so much. And any time that they in the past that they've tried to move the game by a day or so, it hasn't really worked that well. They've eventually had to move it out of that week and that's going to be the struggle. And especially with the named players who are going to be out. Okay, it's going to be fire up RG3 time for uh, the Ravens, but it's going to be that could this could really put paid to their their playoffs capabilities. Yeah, especially with the Browns on a bit of a roll going into the Jags, which I won't have any spoilers for because it's going to get covered later. And the the Steelers as well are going to just walk that division. So you are looking now at, like you say, the Ravens really struggling to to make the playoffs based on on what's going on, etc., etc. But let's talk about the other games that are scheduled to happen this weekend first, and I will dive in with the Chargers and the Bills. So starting off, we are hopefully, and this is me crossing absolutely everything in my body, getting Austin Eckler back this weekend. So he has been out since week four with a hamstring slash knee injury. He's been posting plenty on his social media of him squatting, of him sprinting. He looks healthy, but sprinting in a straight line is a very different experience to to play in as a running back with your cutting and your changing of pace, etc. So Austin Eckler's confident that he can come back. I don't think Anthony Lynn is as confident with, with Austin Eckler. But if you're telling me that Austin Eckler is going to be stood on that sideline in kit and not badgering to get on that field, then of course he's going to be. And if, if he starts for the Chargers, he starts for your fantasy team. There is there is no debate about that. And I think it'll be one of those where they come out and say that he's on a snap count, that he's only going to get a limited number of touches. But with the way that this game is likely to go, with the Chargers very much now in, in must-win mode if they want any chance of, of reaching the postseason, then they're going to need to utilise Austin Eckler in every single way that they can. So if he starts for the Chargers, he starts for your fantasy football team. Justin Herbert, the the rookie who now, unfortunately, in a way, uh, looks odds on favourite to, to be the offensive rookie of the year. Let's not take anything away from Herbert. He has been absolutely fantastic, and I expect this to continue against the Bills. It is a very favourable matchup for him, so that there should be no reason here. And they are going to have to throw the football. The Bills are a good football inside, and the Chargers, I think, are going to have to, to pass to keep up. So expect Herbert to have a good game here, which in turn means that Keenan Allen is also going to have a good game. So Keenan Allen, of course, is an absolute monster. The stats from last weekend were ridiculous for him. He is a PPR machine, and you should not even consider drop, uh, dropping him. Even though we've obviously got Zedarius White there in, in Buffalo, it's a difficult matchup for him. I'm not going to deny him that, but but Keenan Allen is just the best route runner in this game. So he will be able to find that separation and just rack up those receptions for you. Buffalo are weak at the tight end position. So I am firing up Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry's had a, a couple of, of nice games of late. So I am, I am firing up him in this matchup, which I expect him to, to do well. And if Austin Eckler does go, uh, Kalen Bernage is actually questionable headed into this one uh, to begin with. So I definitely would not be looking to start him. He has been he's been one of those players that has, has come off the waiver wire in well both the real life and of your fantasy football team. He, he's been able to come in, he's been able to rack up some some decent fantasy usage for you. But Austin Eckler is going to come back and take the majority of work off him, which renders him unstartable. And then we look at the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen, he is another player that is having a fantastic season. He's, if he was playing in a, a worse season, then perhaps he'd be, be in the MVP race. But I, I just don't think he's he's got a shot, really, with some of the performances that some of his competitors are putting in this year. But he's, he's certainly having a great season. And in this matchup, I think he's going to have another one. The Chargers are weak against the, the quarterback position in fantasy football. So fire up Josh Allen. Uh, John Brown has already been ruled out of this one. So Stefan Diggs will see an uptake in his work. And Cole Beasley as well. Cole Beasley is another one of these PPR machines. And I'm not going to put him in the same bracket as talent as, as Keenan Allen. But from a fantasy perspective, it's the same kind of mentality whereby you know he's going to get a minimum number of receptions of a week. 
Keenan Allen is obviously going to do more with those receptions than, than Cole Beasley will, but, but Cole Beasley is another player that I will start in PPR leagues just because of his flaw from that perspective. Uh, the the Chargers are, are also weak at the tight end position. Um, Cole, Dawson Knox and Tyler Croft are, are the two guys there, and both for the first time in what seems like forever are going into this one healthy. Uh, Dawson Knox is the one that is slightly favoured on the depth chart, but I think it's, it's not going to be as clear cut as that. So if, if we are having to start either of those, I'm going with Knox, but that's only because of the matchup, not because of anything else really. And at the running back position, the biggest head scratcher that there is, who is going to get the more work, Devin Singletree or Zach Moss? Moss going to get the touchdowns, Singletree going to get the, the between the 20s work. I, I can't really advise too much more than that. And the charges are, are pretty middling against the, the fantasy running back. And if you've got either of them, you play them, but you don't feel good about it. If you've got any other options there that you can play ahead of them, play them. But um, I still want to see how that pairing plays out for the rest of the season. Adil, have I said anything there out of question or is is that a pretty good summary of the, the charge of the Bills this weekend? It's quite good. On the running back question, I wouldn't be touching Singletree at all. If you look at the last one, two, three, four, five, six weeks, he hasn't broken 10 points. He has broken five points twice in that game span. Um, he's not somebody that, unless I'm really in a deep league, I'm, I'm scraping the barrel of points. I'm, I don't trust him. I don't trust him to get the touches. I don't trust him to get the touchdowns. Zach Moss seems to be getting more touches. And if you look um, in the last four weeks, he's outscored him in every single week. And he has broken 10 points twice out of those four weeks. So... I would rather have Zach Moss and I would bench Singletree. One touchdown for the season on the season for, for Singletree on 99 carries says it all, really. And if, if we're after touchdown dependency from a player and he's not getting touchdowns, then that is a recipe to to, to be on the bench. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts on the, the Chargers' bills? Well, just on the running back situation as well. I mean, when it comes to uh, the bills running backs, you also have Josh Allen, who will yeah. bleed touchdowns and carries away from Moss and Singletary, um, which is always a bit of a nightmare. Uh, love Cole Beasley this week. He was my start of the game in the preview on full10yards.com. Go check it out. And also Hunter Henry. Um, I've got a lot of time for a lot of players uh, this week. Um, yeah, really good um, preview there, David. It's just absolutely bob on because Josh Allen versus Justin Herbert is going to be brilliant to watch I'm so it's one of the games of the week for me um because I feel like Herbert's come into the league as arguably a more polished version of what Josh Allen was in his first season um where he's got the arm strength but he also has the accuracy to go with it obviously he's not as mobile but Allen was seen as a bit of you know cowboy in the pocket um whereas Justin Herbert just has those touch passes already which just opens it up beautifully for teams that you know, like to give up points to quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends in fantasy. It's it's a really um, good feast this week. Um, and yeah, with John Brown out, Cole Beasley, Cole Beasley. I'm all over it. I'm yes. excited. Really. Although, as he alluded to, John Brown is out. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So Cole Beasley's definitely a fire up. Oh, absolutely, yes. And if you're playing DFS, then players like Gabriel Davis then come into the periphery as well, who, yeah. who could have a big game and go off. I've perhaps not recommended him on a on a long-term basis, but uh, yeah, if you've got D- if you've got any DFS lineups, then Gabriel Davis is a nice under the radar one. Wonderful. So, Adil, would you like to take us through the game that you have got spotlighted for this weekend as being your favourite matchup from a fantasy perspective? So, uh, one of my spotlights. Uh, for this week is the Falcons against the uh, Vegas Raiders. Now, the Falcons are uh, going into the game with a 3-7 and seven record at home uh, and now are going to be facing the Vegas Raiders who are going into this week at 6-4. and four. So, obviously, the Falcons weren't, uh, don't have the uh, win total that everyone would be expecting. Um but uh, this is an opportunity for them to get back onto the uh, onto a winning uh, a winning a one and zero for the week 
per se. Um, going into the week, uh, there are quite a few injuries actually, though, on the Falcons' side. Togurley is out with a knee. Julio pulled up with a hammy during last week's game, and most likely, I think he will be out, um, which will mean that uh, they will be hoping that Calvin Ridley, who has also been listed as limited in practice, but he's no longer questionable for the game, so you'd expect him to be a full go for the week. Um, other players that are on the offensive side, Hayden Hurst uh, is questionable for the game, and uh, but from a tight end perspective, you haven't been really uh, putting him in your lineups. Um, on the uh, Raiders' side of the ball, um, uh, Josh Jacobs was limited in practice, but uh, uh, none of their players are uh, questionable or out for the game. So uh, from an injury perspective, you're not so worried about them. From the quarterbacks, the uh, two quarterbacks that you are looking at, Derek Carr is going to be one of my uh, sleepers for this week in the sense that I currently have him predicted to be QB8 on the season, uh, QB8 for for the week. And I think he is going to get you a steady uh, stream of probably around twenty points. And um, fire him up; he's going to be uh, it's going to be gold for your lineups. And then uh, Matt Ryan is also another person that you're going to be probably starting. He's averaging three hundred yards per game put through the air, and the opposition are giving up two hundred seventy yards per game through the air. So he's also another player that you're going to be surefire into your lineups. On the wide receivers, Calvin Ridley uh, is definitely a surefire starter and Julio is going to be out. Russell Gage is an interesting option, but I don't think you're going to be putting him in because he just doesn't quite manage to get the touches, uh, the receptions. The team seem to spread the ball out a lot more with players like uh, Olamid Zacchaeus getting some touches. So the only wide receiver on the Atlanta side of the ball that I would be putting into your lineups would be Calvin Ridley. Otherwise, it's a little bit thin out for the rest of them. For Vegas, Nelson Aguilar has been a player who has been quite boom bust, but there's been a lot more booms of late. He's a guy that I definitely would be suggesting for people to be putting in. Um, He has had top 10 weeks in a few of the uh, a couple of weeks this season, and he's a guy who's going to be a value pick. Um, he's probably not on your waiver wire, but if he's been sat on your bench, I think this is a game, especially with the Falcons' inability to defend full stop. Uh, he's definitely a guy to be putting into your lineups. Um, other options: Henry Ruggs, Hunter Renfro from the wide receivers. They're difficult to trust. You're going to get four or five points out of them. So in your deeper leagues, he's going to be; those guys are going to be potentially more valuable. And tight end Darren Waller, surefire, you're going to be starting him. Yeah, currently second best tight end in the league from a fantasy perspective. He's been uh, he's been absolutely fantastic this season. But I didn't realize that the Falcons' injury state was was quite that bad. I, I, I didn't. I, I missed that that, that Gurley's going to be out, and I know Julio was struggling with his hamstring. So, really difficult one there. And I think the Raiders have got a really good chance at winning this one to to crack on with their pursuit of the playoffs. Dave, do, do you fancy the Raiders in this one? One hundred percent. Again, I I didn't know about Todd Gurley being out. Uh, that one passed me by um, in the midst of the Thanksgiving uh, gorging yesterday. So. I don't know if that opens up a bit of value for Brian Hill, maybe, especially with Julio Jones uh, being out. But I, again, did the, um, the early games preview this week on the website. Nelson Aguilar was my start of the game. Um, obviously, there's a bit of recency bias there, but he's he's in form. And I think it's game, set and match for the Falcons now. Um, I think the Saints put pay to any semblance of a chance of the wild card spot for them last week. Um and the Raiders are on a roll, despite the loss to the Chiefs. It's yeah, it's going to be a good day for Raiders players in fantasy. Yeah, and while you're on the mic, Dave, talk us through your spotlight for the week. Cool. So my spotlight for the week um, is Browns, uh, not Browns. Uh, sorry, the Colts <laughs> versus the Titans. Um, so I've 
obviously two weeks ago we saw this game on Thursday night football and it was it was a brilliant game I thought and the guy that I've said to start this week is Michael Pittman who I said was my start of the game two weeks ago on Thursday night football he had a bit of a coming out party found the end zone against the Packers last week and I mean talk about a rookie rounded into form at the right time of the season for the Colts uh, I'm really really excited for uh, Michael Pittman, especially as T.Y. Hilton's been a big disappointment this year. Uh, on the running back side of things, can we, uh, I, I just say this to all Colts coaching staff, can we please just give Naheem Hines the ball no. every, uh, <laughs> every time? Because the guy is amazing. And after I was so excited to watch him against the Packers, after his amazing performance against the Titans a fortnight ago, it was a bit of a letdown. Um, but you know, at home to Tennessee, they couldn't stop it at home. I'd love Hines in this game. I think he's going to be absolutely terrific. And in terms of how Titans defend against running backs, I mean, they're okay. Um, they're skirting around the bottom 10 uh, in terms of defending against the running back. Um, players I don't like in this game, I know it's a bit of a controversial, but AJ Brown um, has hit a bit of a funk for me, fantasy-wise. The Colts' defense is legit. Um, I, I think that was proved quite handily against Green Bay. I know they put up 31 points on them, but it's Aaron Rodgers. What are you going to do? But the Colts rank in the top 10 against wide receivers when it comes to defense in terms of tight ends. Uh, the Titans rank towards the bottom 10. The Titans' defense just isn't very good, and the Colts' one is. So, yeah, obviously you're starting Derrick Henry if you've got Derrick Henry. Outside of him, there's not a lot else I like for the Titans, whereas the Colts, you know, tight end position, I'm not, I don't know if you can speak as a Colts fan of the deal here, but the tight end position just feels a bit of a model for the Colts in terms of fantasy. Well, um, you've got um, three players. Exactly. Burton, Doyle, Gigantormo, Ellie Cox with his big, big hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so, they yeah. sort of bleed uh, targets away from each other. So I don't like uh, any tight ends this week in this game. And in terms of QBs, you know, depending on who you've got your team, Tannehill could be a goer. Um, but I am saying to obviously sit AJ Brown and the Colts rank in the top five against uh, QBs. The Titans obviously don't rank that well against QBs, but it is Philip Rivers, so you know, err on the side of caution there. In terms of the injury report, uh, you know, Quentin Nelson didn't hasn't practiced this week. I'm looking here. Um, Philip Rivers hasn't practiced with a toe injury. I don't know what his status is for Sunday yet. And then on the Titan side of the ball, AJ Brown hasn't practiced, so lends credence to my uh, argument for sitting him. And then Johnny Smith was on the report that he's been full go. So. Maybe things, this is the problem at the moment, where we'll talk about this even two days before the games. And all it takes is, say, Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, who are both do, haven't practiced this week, to go down. And you look at that Colts offensive line a lot differently. If Rivers doesn't play, I know you've got Jake Brisket able to step in, but it damages yeah, your certain players, like Michael Pittman, for example, in terms of his viability. But my full go. Michael Pittman's my start of the game, but Naheem Hines, all aboard, heading to your fantasy playoffs and the real playoffs. No, JT is the guy. JT is the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I so, will, I'll die on my Jonathan Taylor Hill. <laughs> <laughs> so, from what I've seen as as the uh, resident Colts fan uh, uh, on this uh, edition of the podcast, um, with Rob not with us uh, for this edition, um, Naheem has had this incredible ability to just be dynamic. But what I've seen is that on any given day, they see who is going to be working the best. So they give... Wilkins a chance, they give them all a chance and mm. then they go with, okay this guy's getting more we're going to go with the hot hand for the day not even the hot hand for the past weeks the hot hand for the day. Now Naeem Hines has only rushed more than 10 times once this season It's so, just a um, pass catching ability for me Yeah, um, it, it, the, 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 So in your PPRs and half yes, PPRs even, yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, But no, that is a valid point in terms of his carries 
I mean, over the last four weeks, I know bye weeks can often have an effect on this, but Naheem does rank above um, old Derek Henry for RBs um, in terms of points gained over the last four weeks. Um, although it is a weird state of the top 10 because Damian Harris is floating around up there as well. <laughs> <laughs> but Derek Henry, this is Derek Henry's time of the season now. And exactly. After this week, his, his running, like you couldn't write a better fantasy playoff schedule than for Derek Henry, like playing the, the Packers, the Lions, it's the Jags. The Jags. <laughs> he, he could have three back to back to back 200 yard games. And at this time of the season as well, when that weather gets a bit colder, the defense, those linebackers don't want to be hitting, don't want to be tackling Derek Henry in, in November, uh, sorry, in December. So, um, yeah, if, you've, if you haven't traded for him, then your, t- your time's probably up, but yeah, Derek Henry is going to go ham after this week. So, do we, do we think that the Titans could pass the ball this more just to get the just to rest Derek Henry that little bit more just for that running, or am I thinking too much into it? Uh, if they do pass the ball, I mean AJ Brown has been the guy, and outside of that, I, I know that they do have. Other wide receivers, I know Adam Humphreys, who I've always been quite high on, but hasn't ever really done it, I guess. Um, I've, I've always been a big fan of his, but he's on the injury report this week with um, going through the concussion protocol. But then you do look at their other ones. Corey Davis, flashes and fits and starts. Khalif Raymond, who was a bit of a playoff hero for them against the Ravens last year, hasn't really done a lot. And then Nick Westbrook, Cody Hollister, Cameron Batson. But... Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is a great quarterback, so maybe he can, um, you know, be a bit of an alchemist this Sunday if AJ Brown isn't good to go. But yeah, I just don't like this matchup for the Titans one bit. Although Corey Davis has only had one game all season in PPR leagues where he didn't score ten fantasy points, and that was well, he, oh. he missed he missed two games, uh, but that was against the the Chicago Bears where he scored zero fantasy points. So um, oh, wow. he's a nice floor guy. And he was in my NFL uh, NFL hype train edition earlier in the week because he's still under 50% rostered. So Adil, anything more to add for the, for the particular, the Colts side of things against the Titans? Uh, I, think, I think we've uh, exhausted it quite well. Do you think you'll win, Adil? Uh, I'm always apprehensive going into a game, <laughs> particularly a divisional one. Mm. Um, but we have won five out of the last six against the Titans. So um, we stop Derek Henry, we win. <laughs> Indeed. And then we go on to my pick, and I am going to go for my 49ers against the Los Angeles Rams. And I've picked this game because we are starting to get healthy, he says. <laughs> <laughs> how, how long that will last on Sunday, I do not know. But Richard Sherman, uh, Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert slated to, to return back this weekend. Uh, Mostert and, and Sherman from, from IR, they've been designated to return, which has opened up their window. It doesn't necessarily mean they'll play this Sunday against the Rams, but we are hopeful that they do. From a fantasy perspective... I think it will be a low scoring one. I don't think there is there is too many. So we've got to really we've got to really examine this one now for the for the fantasy gems there. So Nick Mullins is going up against the against the team that is conceding the 30th most fantasy points or the the third least. So yeah, he's an absolutely not star. Okay. Raheem Mostert, if he does go, he's going to be in a very similar position to, to Austin Eckler. He's someone that has been great early on in the season. He will come back. He will inherit the most of the work. Mostert of the work. Oh dear, you can you can tell you're right? on fire. You're on <laughs> no, fire. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can tell James isn't here because I'm the one doing all the puns. So um, he will get the the most of the work, and I, I really I really like to see him back there. Debo, on the other hand, I think this will, with the wide receiver, you've got more chance to, to have the decoy, and particularly when you're going across J- Jalen Ramsey, I think this will give uh, Brandon Ayuk a really, really good chance to succeed. So we, we've seen him hit a little bit of chemistry with, with Nick Mullins over the last couple of weeks, and Brandon Ayuk in his last ten out, uh, sorry, last two outings has had 14 and 10 targets respectively. So they are starting to get him the ball. He is the kind of player that does make things happen. 
and he's not the kind of player where Nick Mullins needs to be throwing the ball 40, 50 yards to him. You can throw him the ball behind the line of scrimmage and he will make something happen. He's that kind of player. So if we can get Debo to, to attract the attention of, of Jalen Samuel throughout this one, I really do like Brandon Ayuk to, to, to do something here. Jordan Reed, Rule 81 applies. If George Kittle is out and Jordan Reed is healthy, then you play him. However, of course, Jordan Reed does carry a questionable tag headed into this one, so it remains to be seen whether he's going to play. Uh, it is an illness, so it's not like it's going to hamper his ability. If he does go, he either will be able to go or he won't be able to go. So we will be monitoring that one headed into the weekend. Tevin Coleman, knee, he's still battling with his knee injury. He was limited at Thursday's practice, so that's one to look out for. But again, if Raheem Rosett goes, he will come back in and take that running back one role. But Tevin Coleman and Jeremy McKinnon will get worked into it if um, if they are both good to go as well. And then on the, the Los Angeles Rams side of the ball, uh, Jared Goff, it's, it's not a particularly great matchup for him again either. So I, I am inclined to, to sit in there. With regards to the running back situation, your guess is as good as mine. The, the 49ers are good against the run this season. They are not giving up a great deal of fantasy points. And whether it's going to be a Henderson game, a Brown game, an Akers game, we just do not know. So I am washing my hands of that completely. And I am not starting any one of those. With regards to Bobby Trees and Cooper Cup, they are both starts. Both look really good. Cooper Cup, particularly, last time out on that first drive, he was just getting reception, reception, yards, yards, yards. He didn't get the touchdown against the Buccaneers, but he certainly put in a, a decent performance there. So I, I think with Sherman being back, he, he will likely pair up with, with Robert Rudd. So Cooper Cup is, is in line for, for a big game here. Uh, Tyler Higby has flagged up on the injury report this week, as he has done in quite a few weeks, to be honest, this season. He's, he's got an elbow injury, which held him out of practice Thursday. Gerald Everett, in that case, would be would be a nice addition to your uh, lineup, but uh, Higby's status is, is one to monitor. I'm not overly high on Higby if Higby does go. Uh, Higby, he had that big three-touchdown game earlier on in the season, but outside of that, he's, he's done relatively little considering where people were drafted in. But then again, in this tight end market, who are you going to play instead of him? It has been a very, very barren landscape. But my play of the week, and I don't even know his name. I assume, I don't, I don't know if it's Kai Forbath. Uh, the, the Rams kicker is my play of the week um, because the 49ers are giving up uh, quite a few points to the, to the kicker position. And I, I believe it's going to be one of those games where the end zone defences do well. It's going to be quite a low scoring but quite a lot kicking. So um, if it's Kai Forbath, I know it was at one point, but uh, he, he was... It's Matt Gay. Gay. It's Matt Gay, yes. Matt, so Gay. Matt, Matt Gay, you are my start of the week. That is uh, very, <laughs> very unprofessional of me, but very 20 I just had to research it myself because I was thinking, who, who is this Rams kicker? Am I the Rams kicker? It's, it's very 2020 <laughs> for me not to know who the start of a week is going to be for, for, <laughs> for a game. But um, Matt Gay is the guy that takes the accolades for me in this one. And he is, I'm going to make a bold prediction and say he gets the most fantasy points out of any player. And that is including the quarterbacks. Standard scoring leagues. I'll, uh, I'm, not, I'm not feeling that brave. Cool. Dave, anything to add on the Niners Rams? No, I, I don't think just because the Niners are a dumb team, aren't they? I, I know that no. you don't want to hear it, but no. <laughs> um, just as you're reeling it off there, I was looking at how the Rams rank against the quarterback, the wide receiver, the running back. It's not pretty. Uh, yeah, so with Nick Mullins quarterback, I know that the Niners are starting to get healthy, as you said, but I mean, the Rams are ferocious at the moment and you say Matt Gay uh, or kicker to be determined <laughs> at a later date <laughs> as your start of the week. I mean, the Rams defence. And if you're doing IDPs, load up with Rams. Um, I mean, obviously not the defensive backs because I don't think that um, Jalen Ramsey is going to see much of the ball himself, to be honest, um, and the wide receiver that he's blanketing. Uh, whoever that ends up being. So just your linebackers and defensive linemen if you're in the IDP league for the Rams because they rank only behind the Steelers against the quarterback position in the running backs. They're a top five team, wide receivers. They're ranking only behind the Bears. Yeah, no, it's not going to be good for the 49ers, I don't think. 
Yeah, and when, you, when you've got Aaron Donald on the pass rush and then Jalen Ramsey covering the, the top receiving target, then you can concentrate all of your efforts into the run. But um, most, uh, I think he's got enough wiggle in him to to have a, a fair fancy day, even though it's, it's not going to be enough to, to get the 49ers a victory here. So, Adol, just before you head into to your next game, anything to add on this one? I think with Aaron Donald, you particularly the number of people that on the O-line that you have to have deal with him, sometimes he's not the always the one that gets the sack, gets the tackle, but it's the guys around him that just profit so much from all that attention that you have to give a guy who is so disruptive. So who is your next game, Adam? So the next game that I have is the Chiefs and the Bucks. Probably what people are saying is the game of the week along with the Colts and Titans those two games which have got good records and very good pieces on both sides of the ball um so looking at the injury reports so looking at the away team first of all there is nothing to be worried about <laughs> everybody's got a full participation full participation in practice so um, I'm going to go through the players uh, just after I go through the injuries. And uh, then uh, let's just go on to the Bucks. Um, the only players that have been limited, uh, so the players that have been limited in practice that are any sort of fantasy relevant is probably JPP if you're in an IDP league or if you're going to fire up. The, but I wouldn't fire up the Bucks defense in this game just due to how the KC are. I have the Bucks defense in one league, so I'm probably going, but I'm so far ahead in that league that I probably don't even need to worry about what mm. I put in the defensive position. So going through quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, starting him, you don't even need to be worried about that. TB12, I have him as 13th. I was hoping you were going to say QB12. <laughs> so he's Q- TB12 is QB13 in my oh. rankings. Not quite. The uh, Chiefs are surprisingly actually only giving 224 yards passing and 1.2 TDs per game on the season. So despite games being quite, sometimes they do give up a lot of yards. I said, th- I'm. TB12 is going to get more than the average, I would expect. He's passing for 270 yards per game this season. So he's kind of on that edge of where you, if you're looking for a value person to be putting in, pick him up, use him. Particularly if, uh, particularly say you've got Lamar Jackson and they don't actually, uh, he's not going to be playing this weekend. So he's somebody that may be sitting on the waiver wire and you can try and pick up later on. Uh, with regards to the uh, running backs, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you're going to be starting him. It's it's a done deal at this point of this point of time. Tampa Bay is an interesting one where Ronald Jones has had games where he's gone for 10, 15, 20 points, and then he's had the other games where he's gone two, three, four points, and especially with Leonard Fournette kind of muddying the waters. Neither of them are kind of like guys that are going to. Well, they are going. They can win season. They can win the game for you, but they're not somebody to rely upon every single week. And I don't think this is a week that I want to be, especially with fantasy playoffs being up for line for many of you guys. I'm not actually firing up either of them. They may be a flex play at the best. Ronald Jones is probably the more likely of the two, but. He he has kind of ebbed and flowed quite a lot, and that's something that I'm really uh, concerned about. Uh, with regards to wide receivers, Kansas City, Tyreek, you're always going to be starting him. And on the uh, Tampa Bay side, you've got the three-headed monster now of Godwin, Evans, and now what, what would you say with AB? Obviously, Kelsey... You're starting him. He's going to be getting touches on the other side, and they don't really. Uh, um, from the tight end perspective, I'm not uh, at Tampa Bay. I don't really trust him a whole deal. Um, I don't know what your guys' opinions are on the wide receiver perspective. Like Godwin, you're going to be starting him. Evans, he's been getting 
touchdowns, but he's been very touchdown dependent. He's not got the level of targets that you'd expect a guy of the draft capital that you've uh, that you've been putting into him prior to the season. And to be honest, anybody and AB TB12 loves him so much that he's just he seems to be forcing the ball towards him quite a lot during the three game during the games that he's been with him this season. Um, as outside of those guys, there's not a lot to trust. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not looking to to anybody outside those three because there's there's not enough room to, to go around. And with Evans and Godwin being the, the quality of players that they are, like you've already mentioned, but AB still getting that that target share. And the, the guy's living, well, he certainly was. I don't know if he still is after the security camera incident, but he's been living with Tom Brady. So they, that's how much... Antonio Brown means to, to Tom Brady and he, he's going to get in the football and I'm surprised he's still in the league, he's still on the team but he's, he's still getting he's still getting fantasy relevance which is clearly hurting Evans and Godwin I'm, I'm starting Evans just because of the touchdown upside like you've said, he's, he's had quite a few this season and ability wise he is one of the best wide receivers in the league albeit it doesn't necessarily reflect from a fantasy perspective so I'm probably if I was to order them, going to go Evans, Brown, Godwin, but it's highly interchangeable and I wouldn't be surprised if you two both had different different orders to me. Dave, what about your ordering of those three receivers? Uh, yeah, I... Anthony... Uh, Anthony? Antonio. <laughs> the anglicised version there. Uh, Antonio Brown is is killing this team uh, from a fantasy, from fantasy perspective. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Godwin would be my pick out of those three followed by Evans just for the touchdown threat. Um, I mean, having watched, you know, the Saints game, uh, as a Saints fan, it was very enjoyable, AB's debut, um, and also the LA game last week. It, I, I could be wrong here, but I feel like Brady's trying to force the ball to Brown more than perhaps necessary. Uh, Did perhaps see that, to, that last week, particularly. To the, de- to the detriment of the team which this was brought up when Brown was brought in. How are you going to feed everyone? Um, I think this week, the the Chiefs are good against the wide receiver from a fantasy perspective. The offensive line for the Bucs is in pieces. If I'm starting one of them, I'm starting Godwin. Um, uh, Depending on who else I had, then Mike Evans, and yeah, for the touchdown threat, the goal line. AB, I wouldn't be going anywhere near from a fantasy perspective. That's just my opinion. And just watch on Sunday as he has a three-touchdown game in a barnstormer. Uh, I think what it is is in between the numbers, AB may get a hell of a lot of touches mm. just because of Brady just forcing it towards him. Yeah. Um, red zone, he goes to Evans. He goes to his big guy. Yeah. And as you've seen with... Evans, his capabilities is incredible. But have you ever seen such a talented three-piece wide receiver set? If you take Antonio Brown's off-the-field problems, he's one of the most incredible receivers in the league, full stop, Yeah. from a talent perspective. And then you look at Godwin, he's incredibly talented, and Evans is incredibly talented. They've got two talented running backs who just aren't so Fournette just isn't quite doing it but he's also not getting the level of touches that he would need to probably get going properly and the same with rojo because he's uh they're, they're in a timeshare effectively yeah i'm not liking that situation at all between them two probably starting either he's actually in my on my bench uh, rojo with uh three running backs ahead of him wonderful dave who have you got as the last game now people have said cheese bucks game of the week <laughs> People have said that. Uh, what I've said, Bill's Chargers game of the week. I was meant to be out in Denver this weekend uh, with my Broncos support in wide to see Broncos Saints. That should be game of the week. Oh. Uh, I know, pity me. But no, the real game of the week, my friends, the Browns-Jags from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mike Glennon. No. Um, <laughs> although looking at the Browns injury report, which is voluminous, um, They've released their uh, game day designation or game status designations. You know, quite a bit of secondary for the Browns. Denzel Ward's out, you know, but 
it could be a proper I'm joking, of course. The Jags aren't going to do anything. I'm here just to talk about obviously James Robinson's going to do James Robinson things, um, and he'll be great. But from the Browns' perspective, Baker Mayfield has been awful for fantasy this year. I don't think there's any way around it. I don't think that's too harsh to say. Um, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb, uh, when he's been healthy, have been the forefront of the Browns' uh, attack offense. And it's been great. It's been brilliant. OBJ has obviously done for the year. You've got Jarvis Landry, um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, the rookie. I miss Kadaro Hodge, Rashad Higgins. These are all guys who could be on, who could have a breakout game. Obviously not Jarvis Landry, but the other three guys could have a breakout game against the Jags team that has given up. Uh, <laughs> Gardner Minshew's on the injury report as uh, limited. So he's practiced both days this week, but they're still not going to start him. You're benching Jake Luton, who was horrific <laughs> against uh, his, turn out, uh, his performances uh, this season. But putting in Mike Glennon just seems like the waving of the white flag. And that, for me, just means I think Baker Mayfield could go off in this game. He's going to be playing in Jacksonville, where it isn't going to be 50-mile-an-hour winds, where it isn't going to be raining heavily. He's going to have a chance to pass the ball. And I think he's a really undervalued play this week. In terms of the Jags' defence, let's have a look at where they rank. They are in the bottom three against QBs. They Against the running pack, they are just outside the bottom five. Against wide receivers, they're in the bottom ten. Uh, tight ends, they're just, uh, just outside of the bottom five. Even against kickers, they just seem to have... They're, they're in the bottom five against kickers. You... If I have any Browns players, you know, who might be sitting on the WR3 flex bubble, like your Rashad Higgins in 12-team leagues or your Kadaro Hodge, I'd be starting them because you know, you're going to get something weird happen in this game where someone that isn't Jarvis Landry catches some balls. In terms of the tight end position, Austin Hooper's there, uh, sort of as the lead pass catcher of the Browns, alongside David Njoku, who looks like he's on his way out of uh, Cleveland. Uh, again, if if you're in a bind this week, this is my game where you think, right, I need another pass catcher, I need another back. Well, not another back, because you're going to have Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb anyway, but if you need another pass catcher or a QB to stream, look to Cleveland, because I, I think they're just going to, they could get really ugly in Jacksonville. Um, yeah, I don't know what you boys think, um, if Jacksonville are going to pull off a a stunner, and also just on just to be fair, the Jacks injury report: uh, DJ Chark's out, uh, Lavisca Chenault's been limited all week, and Chris Conley is also out. So that leaves you, Keelan Cole. Yeah, I pull up face, but he's had a good season. But under better, yeah, but, yeah. To be fair, yeah, under better uh, quarterbacking situations than he's he's going to have this week. Yeah, um, it it's not good for. Um, Jacksonville, and it's not going to get any better this week. Um, start Browns pass catches. I urge you. Start the Browns DSC. 20 fantasy yeah, points last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, yeah. The, how, how can I forget? <laughs> I think that's uh, going to be the, the biggest one. Um, I don't believe that even though the Ducks may line for Baker, that he's going to have that Great, uh, great game. Mm. Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, I have him still QB twenty on this uh, for the week, and that's just because I can't trust them to not run it down their throats. I saw some stat earlier today about um, the Jags' defense against the outside zone, and the two running backs for the Cleveland Browns against the. Uh, running outside zone and it's going to be a bloodbath when it comes to the running game. Both of them could wind up in the top 10, uh, top 12 fantasy running backs. That's what I'm going to say from this game. Both of them are going to be uh, top 12. Where do you have Mike Glennon in your rankings this week? Um, He's not there. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just on the uh, official NFL fantasy page earlier, I did have a glance at their um, QB rankings this week. 
And he's above Nick Foles, who's now been ruled out for Trubisky, and also Nick Mullins, who is dead last. So they got Mike Glennon not being the worst GP this week. So dead last I had as Nick Mullins. Okay. Uh, so I think Jake Luton and Mike Glennon are interchangeable when it comes to the fantasy points. And I had Jake Luton, well, so I put this together before uh, finding out about the Glenn news, um, 28th. So you're not even starting him in two QB leagues, Glennon. Yeah. So stay away. Absolutely. Stay away as far <laughs> as you can. Uh, two QB leagues, fire up Baker. You can get a great, you can potentially get a, um, a, a great week out of him, but he's had was it one week above sixteen points this season. Yeah, it's it's not pretty, but then they've re- from a from a reality point of view, they've relied on the defense. They've relied heavily on the running game. Yeah, the wide receivers' core isn't as well when you get rid of OBJ. It's just not quite there. But he wasn't even firing with OBJ when he was in the team. I mean, to be fair to him, the weather the last few weeks has not meant for, for decent fantasy production. No, it hasn't. It's, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to defend Baker to the point here to say that he's, he's a great fantasy quarterback option, but the weather has not helped him statistically, at least, for the last few weeks. So, Dave, anything to add on on the, the Browns and the Jags? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm excited. Let's go. Browns never been in this position for, for a long, yeah. long time. It should be a good game. It's exciting. I, I, I just, it, it'd be so nice to watch Cleveland who are seven and three, I believe. Um, yeah, they're seven and three. Go to eight wins, but with still five games to play. I ju- just go to Jacksonville. I just beat them. Just hammer them. Just absolutely hammer them. Make it enjoyable. Don't brand it. It'd be lovely to see. And I've I've got a lot of time for Baker Mayfield. I know he's yeah, in terms of his uh, personality, shall we say, and his overall play on the field, he can rub people the wrong way. But I've, I've quite, uh, I'm a fan of it. I want to see him succeed in Cleveland because it'd be nice of them to have a QB uh, to hold on to for a few years. J- just go and put in a performance. Throw for 300 yards. It'd be the first time this season. Okay, so that is another episode in the books. Another jam-packed weekend filled with NFL action to look forward to. So, Dave, where can we find you on Twitter? So, I am at Davey Remix. That's D-A-V-I-E Remixed. And you'll see me retweeting various articles about game previews for fantasy football, be it the early games or the late games for the rest of the season. Fantastic. And how about yourself, Adil? Uh, I am at Dilly Toon. D-I-L-L-Y-T-O-O-N. Wonderful and hopeful to see some more stuff from you towards the back half of the season. So head over to the Full 10 Yards website where we have got the everything that you need. So we've got the injury report. We've got the start sits, which Dave's mentioned. Uh, We'll have DFS content, everything that you need in order to win your fantasy football matchups this weekend. So I have been David. You can find me on Twitter at Dav underscore F10Y. Make sure you give us some ratings, reviews, subscribe on whichever podcast platform you prefer. It really, really does help us out. So thank you very much for listening and we will see you on Monday. been listening to the full 10 yards fantasy podcast you can find us on twitter at f10y fantasy and over on our website www.full10yards.com where we cater to all of your american football needs from nfl general fantasy football college football and even brit ball thanks for listening and remember folks keep those eyes peeled